0: How's it going? It is going
1: this uh Friday May 5th, Cinco de Mayo and uh Revenge of the 5th.
0: It is Revenge of the 5th.
1: Yeah, could you do, Yeah, do you think that uh uh Justin, you know, the uh, the older popular Justin, what's his name? Timberlake? Yes. Do you think that he's got some deal worked out where somehow if people post those, you know, it's going to be May memes that he gets some kind of cash from somewhere?
2: Absolutely not. Though uh, people who've become memes have found cash rewards through celebrity and appearances and things like that. But, I mean, who's paying to use those memes? You go to a meme generator, uh, I I would imagine that they could be held accountable because they incur revenue from their site using
0: their likenesses. But uh, other than that, who's paying?
1: Well, the NFT thing always seemed odd. Like it had to be, you had to have, I feel like a maniacal level of wealth. An ego, not even the wealth so much, just the ego, obviously you need the wealth to do it, but because uh, anybody you know, like I remember uh I guess Trump was selling nFTs for a while, you know, all of his supporters who would say of stolen images that they thought it was... yeah, yeah, and but you know, the same people that would say, "Oh, that's stupid, da whatever, but then the minute he does it, they all think it's great, and they send him you know money millions of dollars Dude, yeah when was, you could just take a picture of the tv when they put the pictures up and have one if you wanted
2: one well i mean that that's just it it uh you own it but it's easy to copy and it's silly but it's also a thing there's some legitimacy to it uh if that's your bag you know what i'm saying it's no different than collecting baseball cards and football cards and to the point that I was developing a game one time to where there would be uh it would support artists you know you can submit your art and it would become uh, an award but it would have a border like the blue border would be common a red border would be rare a silver border would be extremely rare and a gold border would be ultra rare so with this game, as you uh played it, you would get it's called loot and drops, you would drop loot, and the loot would be this art and other various things and uh I had no idea what an n f t was, but I was creating them in that game, so I'm a big fan of the technology had I done it ten years ago, like I should have, and would be filthy rich right now but the point of uh the point of this game in a lot of games you you've brought up World of Warcraft and things like that it's always about the drops am i going to get the new gun am i going to get the new uh armor am i going to get whatever and it's maniacal man cuz you just play it waiting for the next better thing so i was going to play off of that and uh And I still think it's a viable concept. And and the game was stupid simple. And it's actually on Google Play. Uh, You just tap the screen. And there's a one in a million chance you'll get a yes instead of a no. With a random number generator. If it equals the predetermined number. uh, You'll get a yes pop-up instead of no and you just tap it and all you see is no 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 and i i wrote some silly things and that's something that other people can contribute to and stuff like that but uh yeah nfts they they'll find footing again when it when it uh when technology
0: catches up with the concept
1: What's have you ever been motivated to buy a raffle ticket cuz you actually wanted to win the prize versus if it was a, a an organization or something you'd want to support, you know, so you you know it was more about let me help these people out versus holy shit I want to win this thing?
2: Uh no. It's it's always been with the I would like to win, but didn't give a crap. There have been prizes worthy of it, I'm sure. I just haven't really done enough raffle for a while I was entering every contest I could and did win a a nice uh
0: guitar. A Telecaster.
1: Oh wow, that sounds great. When when and was like that roughly? Four hundred
0: bucks I guess value. Uh that was five years ago, maybe. That's cool. It's a nice That's guitar, cool. but I, I, I don't g- like it
1: have well you know there's a couple uh I'll try to hold on to the the original thing I was going to say um but there's a couple really nice um guitar shops around here um um, uh, that nice folks there's you know one like downtown proper and then another one over near uh, uh the historical you know uh moravian settlement uh, uh-
0: uh, super nice, dude.
1: Can you hear my voice? Because I'm getting a lot of reverb. You sound
2: normal to me. How do I sound? Okay.
1: You sound fine, but I can hear everything I'm saying back. Okay, I don't hear it now. Okay, great. Perfect. Perfect. Um, now, I was wondering, I get, because uh, you know, you get stuff in your email a lot. I mean, I do, and I'm sure we all do about fun little inner to win things. And I finally got on some, some watch website that i you know, go to once or twice a week just to look at stuff and read articles. And, uh but they were doing a, a raffle for, uh I mean, an older in the last five or five to 10 years model of a Rolex of Mariner. But, you know, they were like, oh, for, I guess it was, it's in it's in euros. So it'd be like 15, 15 or 16 American dollars for a raffle ticket, but you could buy up to 50 tickets. So I'm sure obviously the, the, you know, I mean, yes, it's random, but obviously, if people are going there, and you know, ten people buy fifty tickets apiece, the chances of, of those five hundred tickets versus if I bought one ticket, you know, uh, but that's definitely a fascinating way to drive traffic to your site. Obviously, because if people buy all these raffle tickets, and you can buy the buy the watch to have it to raffle off and and uh, keep keep the traffic. Coming back to your site what's what's something that you think a, would a business that would do well around here that doesn't exist um or that is not, that might be you know a thing that exists other places that does well um, obviously in, in our immediate space, the community does not always do a good job supporting businesses that long but uh,
2: you're talking about like a net new
1: uh, maybe, I mean, I'm just always curious, you know, like, uh, I guess now there's, you know, there's a couple of acts throwing places within a five or 10 minute drive of here. And, right. um, you know, kind of the, the rockabilly aesthetic and, uh, you know, farm to table and rockabilly aesthetic, I guess, I don't know if culturally it's progressed past the, but I guess maybe hipster is more mainstream now in downtown where, you know, we used to have. Uh, Uh, I would say heavy metal festivals, but you know, they used to have, you know, various festivals downtown and they're getting back into doing that, but they would have very like uh, rockabilly slash punk slash, you know, before everybody had a beard, you know, kind of with this initial influx of flannel shirts and beards and, um, you know, selvage denim and, you know, girls with, you know, the tattoos on their legs and, You know beautiful stuff i mean it's beautiful stuff but you know and uh kind of the pent-up aesthetic uh but it seems you know but now that's kind of permeated in with you know that there's there's more with population and flux there's you know more accepting people more diversity and so that's kind of become a little more mainstream but i'm just curious because there's some things that are just I don't know if people would go for it here if we have an, if there's enough expendable income of people who would be into it, but I'm you know, like a top golf, you know. Uh Charlotte, you know, has two top golfs and I think there might be a uh, a couple others in the eastern part of the state, but just something um also,
2: I thought one was coming to Greensboro, actually.
1: Okay. Well there 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 might be. I haven't
2: I do like the idea of being, you know, four stories up and hitting a golf ball. But to answer your question, I do have one that a friend of mine and I have discussed in depth, and uh, specifically would be vending machine pizza. But I want to take it to the Asian uh, countries level of a vending machine complex or store where you know your food is uh going to be cheaper, and it's going to be right there, and there'll be places that you can eat at, at a cost, because I'm going to tell you right now, I had this concept as well, you prepay for food at a restaurant, and you only get 30 minutes to eat, so let's say you ordered your food at Texas Roadhouse, which has a notoriously long wait. But through algorithms and, you know, eyeballs and humans, it is determined that you are going to be able to sit down in 10 minutes. Well, they start your order already. So by the time you're sitting down, your food's arriving. Then there's no loitering. How many people could a steakhouse go through? How many more people than they are?
0: Anyway, uh, I think that I mean I
1: think from an efficiency standpoint that would be good, but I also think, and I don't know if it's a thing of, of culturally down here, but for some reason, people the same reason I hate standing in line, I hate whatever, you know. I'll if you've ever been around me when I'm on YouTube, I will not watch videos. I mean, Saturday Saturday Night Live is notorious for it. Well, they'll put these 15-second commercials you can't get around. And I'll just wait through it.
2: You can get around them. There's a couple ways. Uh, One is non-technical. You pay for YouTube premium, which I do, and because all I live off of is YouTube. And for $12 a month, you can avoid all commercials. It is a Well, let's imagine you know, I'm cheap. <laughs> well, dude, just send me your email. I have a family plan. You'll never have to watch okay. another commercial. You'll get right. YouTube Music as well. Hmm. Yeah. But uh a vending machine place, I you know, it, it's nuanced. It is uh fringe but on a Friday night, and you're trying to grab grub, and, and the concept around all of it is especially waiting in line at a restaurant and then sitting there, you're renting somebody's table that needs to be making money, and uh you can socialize somewhere else, man. I mean, I understand about letting your food digest and all that stuff, but to me, as a consumer, I want to get done what I want to get done and move on to the next thing because. Short of Arigato's or or hibachi style restaurant where they cook in front of you, there's not a whole lot of entertainment there that you can't have somewhere else while other people are eating food and then servers are going through more people per table, you know? Because I would, if you stayed after 30 minutes, it'd be at a steep price of renting that real estate. And with the prepaid food, you never have to worry about it. If if uh, if uh the food's cooked and you don't show up, you pay for it. If the food isn't cooked and you cancel, you get credit. You know? Maybe even your money back. I don't know. I would prefer credit because people would be abusing you. You put in orders at five different places that did that thing, and the first one to call you, you go to like I have been known if I wanted to make sure I had a reservation I'll put in three or four reservations in different names I used to I don't do that anymore I,
0: I felt that was a bit too douchey Well I think any
1: any 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 uh strategic minded young person might might do the same thing
2: Right, right. Yeah. Um, It's all about efficiencies. Uh, but I, I would love to have that restaurant concept. I think that people would adapt to it. The idea of movie
0: theater seats being selectable seemed dumb at first. Now I love it.
1: What was the what What was the the last movie that you saw in the theater before uh, COVID happened?
2: Do you remember? I forgot their name already. It was that website that. Uh, oh, dude! I'll tell you this story as I'm trying to remember it. I bought their stock because it had plummeted. I bought like two hundred dollars worth. Well, somebody came up with a website and just a one graphic that it was coming back and the stock shot up i took that two hundred dollars up to twenty two thousand dollars but i'm diamond hands and i held on to it and then like 30 minutes later it crashed back to nothing
0: (sighs) man that's so dumb
2: oh well i never had that money in my pocket it was never mine Let's see. Unlimited movie. Movie plan. Movie pass. That's the name of it. Movie pass. So, right before COVID ended, and I may be off on this because I don't remember exactly, but pre-COVID, I was hitting the movie theater once a week because I was paying 15 bucks. I think I paid 99 bucks for a year. And, uh...
0: I saw maybe 30 movies that year. Oh, wow. Yeah,
2: dude. Like, I would go see a movie and then just walk out because I didn't care. I would go during lunch, see a movie, see the first 40 minutes of a movie. uh, You know, to accommodate for drive time and not steal from the company. And then go see the second 40 minutes. And then go see the third forty minutes or whatever. And uh I, I have I have uh split movies up
0: that way to, to watch the whole movie. The ultimate mm-hmm. answer to your question is I don't remember.
1: Okay. All right. Are there any movies that you uh are committed? You like a brand or a franchise or something where you're like, you have to be there on opening day.
2: No, I don't think there is not anymore. You know, star Wars was a thing and a group of double digits would go and we'd meet up at the house and pregame and all that good stuff. And then it just got so horrible. I, I stopped caring like these new uh, batches of movies I, I may never see. What about you? Do you go to the movies often? Uh,
1: I I would not so much. Uh, I obviously I there. I think f- I didn't see Casino Royale the day it came out, but I went and saw it. You know, a week or so after. I think it was my first year in college when I was went back to school to finish my undergrad at high points and that was an amazing transformational thing but I've, I've i've been opening day to all the bonds except i was I, may, I i got tied up and i could not make no time to die on opening day but i made it the next day and that was a emotional rollercoaster i mean it's a beautiful movie and storyline wise obviously you know the daniel craig films all kind of tie together as a single narrative where. There might have been two one or two running through lines throughout the previous twenty movies. Uh um, right. and the different iterations of Bond. I mean, they always the the main thing they would always touch on, you know, in the previous movies was that the stuff that happened in Honor Majesty's Secret Service where Bond had been murdered and his wife had died, been murdered, spoiler alert, been married and his wife was murdered. So they would occasionally bring that up one time per james bond uh but then obviously daniel craig was a whole new dude but um um what was and 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 those were i've i've only seen no time to die twice because they're just such like a, a fully engrossing experience like to be the kind of the age i was with the character and go through it like that and and i think it's going to be a weird transition uh whenever and i i would be excited if uh
0: um richard um oh
1: richard uh richard madden who i kind of had always richard madden and dan stevens were kind of the two guys who i thought would be the next best james Bond, excuse me, but everybody, you know, was crazy about a Henry Cavill, who I thought would be great, and he was kind of the last guy. He and Daniel Craig were the final two that Eon Pictures and the Cubby and uh, the Broccoli family were looking at for uh, for Bond, and then Daniel Craig got it, obviously. But uh, but uh, Richard Madden, I think, would be exceptional. Um, Did you ever see the Bodyguard uh, that he was in on Netflix? No. It was good. Uh, it was very, like you saw the unglamorous PTSD side of somebody who'd served overseas. Um, there's enough intrigue. It's it's very grounded, realistic. Um, and kind of the magic of a lot of movies that are kind of perceived as action movies where you kind of have just a regular person you know, ordinary people in extraordinary circumstances. Um but it was much more of an emotional psychological film. The bodyguard was the Richard Madden British version. Well, he, um well,
2: he's got the look for Bond. I I can dig that.
1: Well and I'd never had really gotten into Game of Thrones, but I guess he was really big on that for a while and was, I guess, one of the victims of the very famous Red Wedding scene. Um, how did you and I, but Dan Stevens, who I guess most famously had been on Downton Abbey for a while and then he did a couple other movies, but did you ever see Legion? That was kind of the X Men TV show that was on FX. I did not. Okay. Well, this, I saw like the, a lot of the first season and it was very, um, and I've never been a big drug person, but it was very like, it was, people would describe it as being like a 1960s acid trip. And so they would try to do these things, you know, like Sid Barrett famously was the main person in Pink Floyd who actually did drugs. Like none of the other guys were super into, I mean, I'm sure they smoked weed or whatever, but that's not, I mean, think right. we're all grown ups, and that's not, you know, drug drugs
2: that's, that's not dropping acid five times a week or heroin or
1: like right that. exactly exactly and i think alcohol is infinitely and caffeine are more addictive i mean i don't think marijuana is addictive but um not i'm not a doctor but you know what i'm saying um well,
2: marijuana is addictive in the fact that it becomes a habit and routine and you're addicted to the routine the oral fixation or whatever uh but on that level, everything's addictive.
1: Yeah, I have a I have a bad habit recently. I think I've discussed this with you all there about um, cookies and pie, and I never used to have that problem. But I guess because uh-huh. obviously you know I, I don't I don't drink uh, anymore, and uh, and I don't know if it's just the sugar that my body had missed the sugar, and so I really have to be on the lookout for that. But I think I have that that I have such a routine with smoking cigars that I just have to really like plan my day to not do it uh to avoid doing it to 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 block it out like that but um
2: yeah that's a little treat you give yourself and you're that becomes you know a habit that you covet and what is the what is a non-medical addiction other than that non-physiological addiction
1: yeah um Oh, but that was that was the gist of the show. Was it was supposed to be like a like a like a series of acid trips, uh, and Dan Stevens played this character who's supposed to be the son of Charles Xavier, who's never been really represented. I mean, maybe we, for five seconds he it was a vision. There may have been was an, his
2: character named Jack.
1: No, I think it was David Heller.
2: It uh, um, if you watch Picard, that would that would make sense.
1: Oh, that oh that uh Jack Crusher. Yeah. Is that the character's name on the show? Yeah. Is have you watched that? Is that amazing?
2: It is amazing AF. Oh my god. They did it right and they're going to uh, Picard may not be back. Um maybe cameo or whatever. But they really set up that that uh franchise well And it will continue. And I hope everybody but Picard has a a place in it. Because, uh, man, I just love me some damn TNG. And this really plays off of that universe. You got Seven and Nine, who's pivotal now. Um, Yeah, it's going to be badass. And those of us that I don't know how much you watch TNG or what it meant to you, but for me it was it was being given something that I never thought I'd have and now it's happening again just that sci fi lost in the possibilities and, and what made uh going to the moon so special for a generation uh and to continue that on to the stars and galaxies and whatnot but TNG was our jam. If you were a certain kind of nerd and I work with one of those guys and it it was just, we really enjoyed Thursdays. It was Picard day for a while. So while I'm not, uh, I'm not going to go to conventions and freak out over it uh, in the, in the privacy and sanctity of my home, I enjoy it on that level.
0: Yeah, it looked, it looked pretty. All things yeah. that
2: we're fanatical about. We should keep in our house, mythologist. All right, sorry, go ahead.
1: No, you're fine, you're fine. Um, yeah, no, I loved, well, when I was a kid, man, Saturday, Uh, at some point, because, you know, 6.05, that's when WCW would be on WCW Saturday night, but it was uh, Star Trek The Next Generation, Nice. And they had had a 90s, I guess now we call it a reboot of uh, the Untouchables TV show. Um, and w- William Force, it was it came on right after, it was either right before or right after. Like, I think the Untouchables came on at 5 o'clock and Star Trek came on at 6, TNG came on at 6 o'clock. Um, and. But, on the untouchables, Tom Armandes played uh, Elliot Ness, and he was great, and he's directed a lot of stuff since then and you would you would know if you saw him you'd recognize him probably probably from other things but uh, William forsyth, who was just exceptional in everything he's ever done I, he's underrated, and people wouldn't know him necessarily i Have you ever seen um he plays al Capone uh but have you ever seen uh I love Brian Bosworth have you ever seen <laughs> have you ever seen his movie Stone Cold?
2: yes i have
1: okay william forsyth plays i think his name is chains the biker with black hair that suspects that he's a cop right. and and then they end up he ends up dying and they end up doing like the viking funeral thing where they burn burn his corpse on the bike um lance hendrickson holy cow lance hendrickson you talk about an i just a, a national treasure and an icon who was Perfect in everything he does, but he was so great in uh, in that movie, Stone Cold. To you know, uh, completely underrated. But for a dude who can play like cold villainy, uh, but 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 like it's never just that. Like when you see it, like you're aware there's just so much going on. Like his eyes communicate such a story, um, and then, but he still can do vulnerability, which I think that's. That was the magic of, you know, when he was in Aliens playing uh, Bishop, the the android. Indeed. Uh, that just, it was so, so vulnerable and just, he's so, he was so hurt. Like, and I guess they would, things they would, they would, they would expound on with uh, Brent Spiner on Star Trek TNG, just the idea of, of implementing the concept of feeling and awareness in, in a, in a synthetic human. Um, uh, Data's back. Uh, yeah, dude. Well, isn't Brent Spiner playing like four characters on the show?
0: I mean, he's like his,
1: his brother many, Lore, and yeah, yeah,
2: and 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 soon, uh, yeah. But this data is uh, no longer he he can just look human, um, because Brent was like, "I'm not putting that damn makeup back on." Not no, but hell no. So.
0: And I don't blame him, you know. Jordy got it. His- yeah, he has. He has a uh, fancy um, contacts in now. Jordy LaForge. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um. In the show, just because I haven't seen it, and obviously if people are going to freak out about spoilers if they're hearing this, they can go watch the binge the show and come back to us if they're hearing this
2: trailer. uh they got bigger problems than spoilers
1: <laughs> that's true that's true <laughs> um did uh so in the data in this show is this where they just kind of is it similar to cuz obviously the stuff that happened at the end of Star Trek Nemesis is it have they just uploaded the data consciousness into a new synthetic being? Yes. Okay. Um
2: okay. that is exactly it. It and it's not just data, it's data and lore and soon and and, and he's a culmination of of oh, uh, wow. all all of the characters that he played, I guess, and uh so he's more than data but he's still data.
1: Okay, that's phenomenal. Did you and again, I haven't watched any of it yet. I mean, I've watched, uh, there's a dude with a really phenomenal YouTube channel called screen crush, Ryan Airy. Um, and he does, uh, you know, Easter egg breakdowns and reviews and stuff. And he has a thing where his dog plays a character in the reviews and his dog will do a voice and they'll have a conversation.
2: It's been a while since I watched him. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. I like that guy.
1: Yeah. He's solid gold. And, and then, uh, You know, at some point during all the other videos when he says, oh, look, it's your mother and stuff like that. So he's he'll drop one of those in there. But it's funny because he's sneakily charming and playful and then he'll drop a a, a, your mom joke in there. But um, so I loved one of my favorite. And I think, well, there were two episodes. I think two of my favorite episodes on TNG. That were just always in my mind. That I just anytime I think about TNG I go to these things, I mean obviously you know John Delancey and Q and all his episodes, but Daniel Davis playing Moriarty. Oh yeah. And well, do you a guess spoiler I, alert? I well I know that he's I know that he shows up on the on the yeah
2: yeah. yeah. And
1: what a but I just
2: brilliant fucking character concept anyway man, fucking love that show.
1: A hundred percent. Well, and it was so brilliant too, you know, because I mean the ho- and they talk about it in in the original episode about, you know, because when they go into the holodeck and uh, Data has all of the uh, Arthur Conan Doyle novels memorized, and I'm sure all the other great
2: everything humanity novels. ever yeah. done.
1: Yeah. So he knows the he knows the answer to everything. And so as a Geordi or Data? One of them says, you know, give, create, I'm paraphrasing, but give, give us a Moriarty that can be Data. Right. You know, which just turns into a whole just series of amazing, amazing things. But Daniel Davis is fascinating, you know, because obviously he was, I think he was from Oklahoma maybe. Um, but I think the only other thing, uh, which I think maybe was a funny Easter egg, I don't know if it was intentional or not but you know he's in the hunt for Red October uh on the boat that Alec Baldwin's Jack Ryan character gets you know when they go gets dropped at because it's the only ship out in the North Atlantic or close to that and then goes out to uh to another sub but I think it's the USS Enterprise is the, is the aircraft carrier that he's Yes it is. Daniel Davis. yeah yeah yeah
2: uh that's a an- great movie too man that really is some things in hear don't react to well sure. Sure. um yes it, everybody it,
1: that's it, such a star-studded it, cast you know it, yes it
2: is ruskies don't take a dump without a plan son i mean just damn god
1: fred dalton thomas was you know because he was a senator you know he served in the senate for a while yep yep uh, and i think he Maybe he, he, I don't know if there was, I think that he had taken the seat Al Gore had had. Um, but I don't know if there was somebody in between he and Al Gore uh, that had served in that seat. You know, he was, uh, well, I'm sure you know this, he, that, he, that uh, Fred Dalton Thomas was uh, one of the attorneys in the Watergate case.
2: Yep. That's an amazing dude.
1: Yeah, he was super fascinating. He was great on Law and Order, uh, the few seasons he was on. And he may have been, I think maybe the first time they, they can't, I can't, I mean, I guess they thought the show would run its course because it had been on the air 20 years or whatever, but it was, you know, and they would try to branch it off. And I guess SVU's had a successful run, but SVU also, you know, gave people a chance. And it's so funny because I feel like in the first few years, people still thought of it as TV, but once it got into the habit of, they got these, you know, brand name movie stars to go on the show and play these super aggressive predators and really dive into characters that they've never had a chance to play in, in, in their careers in a lot of cases.
2: Right. Right. Um, you know, that uh, is exactly what
0: my CPP sitcom is, by the way, your communist, communist,
2: People's party, yeah um, just an opportunity for the customers in that to do that very thing, but just a snippet though the the uh tick version of that anyway i sorry i interrupt i interrupted, I interrupted uh,
1: no 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 i'm i'm always i'm always we're here we're here to we're here to talk and discuss we're here to talk and discuss.
2: that that show I don't watch it, I watched it for a little while. And the smirk was just more than I can handle. Um, plus, it's always something just really, really disgusting. It. Uh, it how long has it been on? I mean, they're the damn Simpsons.
1: I think it's 20. I think they came on in 99. I think it's 24 years. Let me pull it up real quick.
2: Yeah, that's nuts, man. So clearly everybody has run through that show. And if you haven't, and that's the point I wanted to reach, is if you haven't done it yet, then why not? You know, but uh, I digress. We'll send you a well, link to what we need, what we really need. It makes me sad. Uh, go ahead with your question.
1: Oh, no, I I said, did you ever see, uh, you know, Josh Molina, who I suppose was...
0: uh Oh,
1: right, right on. I will check that out. Uh, Josh Molina, you know, who was, who had been on, uh, I'd, I've seen clips of it, but I've never seen the episode sports night, which was an Aaron, Aaron. Um, oh my God. Not Aaron spelling. Aaron <laughs> that wrote a Sorkin. few good men. And what, yes. God. Sorry. Matt. I had a stroke for a second. Um, uh, but Josh Molina, who was on several of his shows, he was on SVU playing a, uh, you know, I mean, in the series of words that have been worn out and don't mean what they used to mean, creeper. Uh, he was, right. he was exceptional. Dad, I think Matthew Modine was on there one time doing some amazing work. Um uh because, you know, I can't remember anybody's name. Uh, Will from Will and Grace. Uh, yeah,
2: you're horrible with names of actors that were in two movies that people liked 50 years ago.
1: Yeah. Eric you McCormick. I am. I, yes. it's, it's part of the disgust and guilt I feel about myself every day when I wake up. But uh well, Eric to Google every name. I uh, am. I am. It's the worst. Oh, no, I
2: have to. Or is that what you're doing beforehand? That's yeah, good research if you are
1: i need no, i I'm,
2: I see you do it when we're we're out and about you just fat it off man anyway
1: well the 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 brain computer i'm sure is uh, uh needs needs upgrades but um was will and grace i mean I, I did you ever when it was originally on i mean I think I saw it in reruns later
2: i did but, watch it when it was on.
1: Well, but did you watch that show, Soap, that was on like in the late oh, 70s, yeah, early dude. 80s? Absolutely. Was that the first Whatever. show?
2: Yes. Go ahead. Yes, it was. Whatever okay. you were about to follow with, it was. Okay. It was so groundbreaking and basically what everything is today. They did it. They didn't do it in the 90s. They didn't do it in the 80s. They did that shit in the 70s. And uh, the audience just just couldn't keep up if there had been uh let's say uh, hbo or amc back then
0: Mm -hmm.
2: that was doing what they do that show would have been arrested development
0: you know it would be it already is uh, uh iconic but and while it
2: has lasted this long people know about it it uh it doesn't get the respect it's due
1: Well, yeah, honest to God, the through line, I feel like with so many things that we're talking about, I mean, mainly I'm just thinking sports night and soap, um, and I was actually about to mention Benson, but Robert Guillaume, I remember, was just such a huge part of my childhood, you know, and right. he would do Benson, oh, which I guess was a spinoff of, of soap, so never mind. I guess I it saw was. more of
0: soap than I thought, but,
1: yeah, it was just such a iconic part of so many childhoods, and. um um uh you know, Renee, whose name we can't pronounce that played Odo on DS nine. He was you know, he was on Aubrey Benson, he was... or something like
0: that. Yes,
1: Aubrey, Aubrey, Aubrey Genois, yes, yes. Well. Um, but I think he was on Sports Night as well, but
2: He was, yeah.
1: Yeah. God, so good. And, and, so good.
2: You know, you're talking we we're, we're talking very specifically about a group of actors that basically play the same character in everything they do. And uh, I think our friend with an accent could could accomplish that. I know I would love to. I, I don't care about versatility. I would love to make just enough money playing the same damn character in everything. That'd be awesome. I'm good with that. But uh, our friend from class, I really think he could be... Just give him two hours of working in front of a camera or on a stage and then be managed the rest of his other activities to his comfort. Could do it.
1: Dude, he, well, you were sitting basically beside me when we saw him do that monologue the other night. He, I did have socks on, and if I did not have socks on, they would still knock my socks off. Right. I mean, he was. It was like a brick through a plate glass. I mean, it was just the most.
0: Yeah,
2: dude. Like when he first got up there and read, you know, I didn't expect him to be competent. Then it was just, yeah, I'm not even going to try, but I'm just going to be awesome doing it. Some people just absolutely born with it, man. I did not expect that, but when it happened, I was like, okay, well, you know, people are surprising. Uh, good for him. You know, I'm glad he's enjoying himself. He obviously wouldn't have been able to uh do that, perform at that level if he didn't have some comfort zone as well as I'm sure pure nerves. But that last bit when he I mean he was just rattling off words with a passable British accent one that he never heard out of him before so far removed from his normal way of talking with, with uh, a cadence that was fitting. Like he'd been watching the, the skit.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: that was no. just straight up and down a knockout performance.
0: Well, we he has such a great look.
2: It. Yeah. And he does have a great look. He looks like he came off of Andy Griffin. It, it just, He looks exactly the way you would expect him to look and sound, and and not in any insulting way whatsoever.
1: Oh, I think we're talking about two different people.
2: Oh, are we?
1: I was talking about I was talking about the one whose uh, English was not their first language.
2: Oh, well, you know, I mean, that night was loaded with great performances.
1: It was no, both, but the other dude you're talking about, yeah, hundred percent. I mean, he, both of those dudes. I feel like that's How a buddy cool comedy it? a buddy comedy waiting oh, to happen.
2: Yes it is. How cool is it though that two equally great performances unexpected um well I mean our other friend with English as a second language uh I knew he had chops. So it was less surprising. I expected it to be great and he still exceeded it. Um but how great is it that, I mean, when uh, my wife got up and read Shakespeare for the first time, I thought she did outstanding, especially for her first try and something that is you just so far removed from her comfort zone. um, You know, she pulled right into it. Your performance of it, uh, I just, I could see you back when you first performed it, as you talked about, and I was watching you then. You know, I was loving that it, uh, that was just a great, great evening. There won't be many like that. If there are, then hell yeah.
0: Yeah,
1: it was, it was uh, just one of those magical tra- <clears throat> transformational nights. Um Yep. But I think, and that was the magic too. Like I, I, I and I, I mean, maybe we needed to do a few classes before we got into Shakespeare or whatever. But, I mean, that's that was uh, yes. at least... For-
2: and, and that was about my, my plan, too. I would have, in fact, uh, told people not to, not yet. I'm glad I didn't have to. So when you brought it up, I was like, exactly. Because your timing is always just insanely appropriate. No, thank you.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Nobody else in my life seems to know that, but I'm glad you recognize that. Um, yeah, well, and that's that was one great thing I loved about um, our pal from Greensboro that brings a lot of his original stuff is that I just I think he
2: yeah again just
1: yeah so much talent in that room yeah and he his stuff is so. I, I, I don't want to overuse the word perfect, but it just, it's it's specific enough because, you know, a lot of times you get scripts and you think like how much work I'm going to have to do, where am I going to have to pull this from, what life experiences have I had that I can thread into this thing that this character is going through, who do I know that maybe has gone through something. But his stuff, I think it can look, it, maybe to some people it might look vague. But I just think, like, it is a lot more specific. To, I mean, I think a lot of scripts, if people just actually got into them, they figure out it's not a bunch of foreign language stuff. Like, it makes sense and they don't have to do as much digging right. as they think they do. But. Well, you
2: he, he really gave a great inside, insight into his, his, uh, the way he operates. He, he has a feel that, appeals to him and has developed technique around it so his uh commentary on certain things there at the end of class where he got a little animated you know it it added for me it added to what i was already picking up from him and as you just described is that the guy knows exactly what each word is doing. In relation to the rest of the story and and all of it so uh yeah he's he's talented he's very capable and he's producing so uh that's great i hope that he is enjoying having his work given so much attention to because i really like our opportunity to do that
1: yeah well i think he had so, so many great things that are That they're good for exercises, they're good for learning, but they're also good that you can create visual content, like a a short film or something around it, that it's like tailor-made for all of those things.
2: Well, I mean, that's where Wallet came from, was I was uh, going to write something that can be played off of in different situations. And then when it occurred to me what the current premise is, when that thought came to mind, I'm like, oh, well, I see a little more potential with this. But uh, yeah, I mean, they're great. It, it makes you think. And at the same time, you get to relax because
0: you get to play a little bit. I like it. Yeah, it was pretty great. I...
1: I loved, well, oh my Lord, your lovely wife, that thing she wrote, yeah, please, 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 please i if she if she wants to rewrite that, punch it up, do something, that character that I think people would describe as the antagonist of that piece to me just look like one of the most amazing opportunities if if that could be a thing to get some money together to to shoot that would just be just an amazing amazing experience to savor to play that play that character she has
2: a a, a wonderful way of tapping into good people that are facing something and uh she got several stories like that you know that is not unique from her. it's just one of them, but
1: well, I feel like that she, was the she, she, thing She's
2: probably listening in right now, so uh well, she's cool,
1: she's cool if she's listening
2: um indeed,
1: as the cool people yeah,
2: well, i I'll, I'll I'll make sure she knows your your thoughts on it,
1: yeah, yeah, well, and I think she you you and the the two of y'all I feel like I'm very good at like broad stroke script beats or plot points. But in terms of the 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 specificity of dialogue, y'all just kill it. And it's just one of those interesting things like I know how to get from point A to point B to B, all that stuff. But it's just like the verbal communication within those those moments just and maybe it's been a while since I've sat down to do it, but, um, and maybe a lot of my interest too, also from other conversations shifting, maybe more to, to documentary style things. Cause I'm fascinated about the American experience and generationally how in a proactive way, in a way that's not giving everybody the finger, but how did we get here? What are the, you remember a similar time in the last 50 or 60 years where, People may have known that they didn't get along with everybody, but they worked together, they went to school together, they shopped at the grocery store together, they sat beside each other in restaurants, and they didn't act the way they act now. So maybe what happened, was it offshoring of manufacturing? Was it education and wage levels not keeping up with, you know,
0: uh,
1: how the economy turned into uh, digitalization? and, and all these things. And in all fairness, you know, some people, some 75, 76-year-old men can't look at a picture from 25, 30 years ago and know the difference between their wife at the time and some woman who's accusing them of rape. So, it's a it's a weird time. It's a weird
2: time. Yeah, no doubt. I'll watch that today. There, It is a weird time, man. Georgia is uh, trying to make it a law for them to just remove... Elected officials, based on perceived job performance, meaning Georgia is going to make it to where they can fire the prosecutor who is prosecuting the "just find me, you know, eleven thousand votes" situation, and just shit on it. Oh, it that is mind blowing. Uh, Florida is making travel records private for uh, high-ranking government or state officials.
0: <laughs>
2: no, I wonder what that's all about as this guy is traveling all over the world on Florida's dime. Oh, man. It is uh, it is crazy, man. It is absolutely crazy.
1: Well, you know, in North Carolina, they're trying to uh, uh, ban women's health care after uh, 12 weeks, which... You know, again, I don't care what side of the political aisle somebody's on. Don't show up later and say, "Well, there were unintended consequences we just didn't know about," because there are right. unintended consequences.
2: Well, that... you know, you're going to break some eggs making an omelet, yeah, Well, that, that, that definitely in this of, case, it, definitely in this case. Yeah, that I, I was thinking that might have been a unfortunate choice of phraseology there. No. But uh, they don't care. They don't care about the people that are going to die from it. They don't even care if it's their own, because they can walk around knowing they own the libs.
1: Well, I just, I just feel it's just going to be concerning when. So the cost of owning the libs is going to be that they're giving a free pass for people, you know, to to. As long as, they, as long as they get the female members of their family pregnant, they're not going to consider it a sexual assault, you know, in their way of thinking, which is beyond concerning. But I don't know. I guess there's – I'm sure they must be engaging in some kind of uh, uh, religious gesticulations that would tell them they're forgiven for uh, facilitating these horrific situations that are going to ruin people's lives. So, so oh, the other odd thing, too, is uh, just watching some clips, you know, because they live stream and, um, you know, House sessions and Senate sessions and the people that get up and say that this bill is going to protect rape victims. Is. Uh,
0: you, you think people would need to have
1: remedial English classes. um. Uh, or, or be or handed a dictionary when they say things like that, because obviously they have a significant misunderstanding of uh, context and words and, lang- you know, language. Well,
2: I got to, I'm going to go back to bond. This yes. Will be the first, this will be the first bond that doesn't serve the queen.
1: Well, uh, Charlie Higdon, I think his name is, just dropped a new book called On His Majesty's Secret Service. And it's going to be the first novel that uh is it gonna be in the new, you know, post uh Queen Elizabeth. Uh I can't imagine. I didn't plan on watching it and then it didn't occur to me. I've the county democratic convention uh, convention's tomorrow, so I might be at that all day. And then it's also Derby Day. Uh, so I don't know if I'm gonna go to things related to that afterwards but but i completely i didn't forget about the coronation but i like pomp and circumstance and ceremony but also i'm like don't please nobody that screams about freedom tell me that you that they're that emotionally invested in seeing a king being crowned
2: well you know and he's making the public pay for it uh He needs to be the last king.
1: 100%. Well, it's so funny, because he was, you know, people think of him as a crotchety old guy. But obviously, he was raised that way. But he's, like, he was the most other, I mean, his ex, his his former, now deceased, you know, ex-wife. Her, her life you know changed uh, a lot of perceptions about the monarchy but he had done a lot of stuff i don't have a list in front of me right now but i mean he was very
0: proactive and
1: i think you could say uh, was more tried to be open-minded tried to be these things but i think after you know 70 years or however what age i think he's 70 life just beat him down and just the idea that he would never be able to succeed and never get out from under the shadow. And the fact now that he's there, I, I think he has a hard time taking it seriously, you know, because what's the value of becoming successful or rich if you're 70 years old?
2: I mean, I don't, I don't know. He, uh, he did kind of sit around and wait for her to die. It feels like, how do you not when you're, you know, to be king? I think, uh, uh, what, I know I was certainly exposed to throughout my childhood with all the stories being based in England, like the movie King Arthur and Lord of the Rings, of course, uh, that was, that was a thing, you know?
0: So throughout history, a lot of times they murdered person. So
2: I'm going to give him some kudos for not murdering his mom. Assuming assuming he didn't uh do that and finally you know, he finally lost it and
0: did it. But still, uh you're right. What uh what what good is he gonna do going
2: out raising hill as king? Nah, he ain't got nothing to do.
1: Yeah, well it's so strange. I I'm always fascinated I mean, by people and th- ways of thinking, but he
0: obviously, you know, is a dude. Well, and obviously,
1: that I mean, that whole family is has multiple, multiple s- series of issues over the years. Uh, strangely, did, did, did you ever watch The Crown? I did not. I love The Crown. I love the Crown. Okay, I just we'll heard about it. A lot.
2: Maybe maybe we'll uh we'll watch it this weekend
1: yeah well, definitely start at the beginning because i've had a really hard time uh whatever i know it's the 5th season and they'll change cast every couple of years to age people up um oh okay and so the first like the beginning of the show starts before queen elizabeth is queen elizabeth um and so it's really interesting but i I'm having a really hard, maybe it's because it was during my lifetime and I was aware of it, but I think it's season five that had just dropped, you know, the most recent one. The cast is great. Everything's great, but it's I just cannot get into it. Maybe because it feels, I mean, it was 30 years ago. You know, like I think it picks up in 1990, 91 or somewhere around there, but it's just hard to get into. I mean again the cast is amazing Elizabeth Debicki exquisite um it's not Duggery Scott but it's a, a another cool british guy is playing prince charles Jonathan Price plays uh, um prince philip I think Amelia Staunton plays uh queen Elizabeth. it's an exceptional cast um the, uh, everything about it's phenomenal but for some reason it's it's I don't know. It just remind it, it. For some reason, just reminds me of the parts of being a teenager I didn't like. So I don't know. I mean, I'll try. I'll try again to get into it. But it just. But definitely the first few seasons. I think you'll really enjoy those. I mean, as a as a as a history person, as you know. But and obviously it's a fictionalized account. But to get to see. At least the way it's portrayed in the first season, basically where like. Uh, Princess Margaret wants to be queen and Elizabeth does not want to be queen and they're both stuck in these on these tracks of life neither of them want. And they're both jealous of each other's life experience the whole time but they're still trying to get it's a and f- fantastic guest stars just phenomenal phenomenal phenomenal.
0: But. Well, you know,
2: I've been wanting to watch it. I just a lot of times I'll wait for
1: something to be over
2: before I watch it because I ain't trying to wait.
1: Oh yeah. Well they drop the whole season Whenever they drop a new season, they drop all the episodes at once. Oh, okay. So I think you got 40 episodes. If it's, I mean, if it's, you know, I mean, it's it might be less than 10 episodes a season, but it's, um, and I think each, each season goes basically through a decade or through a certain period of time. But, um, just, Great, great. Charles dances on there for a while, um, playing Lord Mountbatten, I think it's season three. Yeah, just great stuff, great stuff, great stuff. But you see a lot of like the generational trauma being passed on. That's the amazing thing about there. You see a lot of like fake social expectations and conformity and these people not having a choice and they don't want to be there, but they're just smiling for the camera just to get it over with. And then, the, so it's, it, yeah, it's, it's phenomenal, phenomenal. So,
2: I Amen. I will check that out, and we are going to check out of here.
1: Right on, brother. All right. Well, uh, my friend and uh, the world who is listening to us and everybody who I have remember. mispronounced their names talking about this on, on this episode, we'd love to have them on as a guest.
2: Have your people reach out to our people. Yeah,
1: you know, and our people are pretty easy to get in touch with, so but i'd say what give yeah. it at least uh you know uh two business days before you get a response so
0: oh so we're going with the quick response all right man all right later later peace, peace.